0: Hey there, and welcome to episode 28 of the Beat Stats podcast produced by Wicked Local North Boston. I'm your host, Robbie Kittrick. Joining me today is San Diego rapper Il Nikki. Nikki, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Robbie.
0: Now, Nikki, I interviewed you last year and you had just headlined a great concert at the Music Box in San Diego. I was at it. So, how have things been going since we last talked? What have you been up
1: to? Uh, everything's been great. It's actually a lot's happened since then because um, I actually live in Los Angeles now. Um, oh nice but yeah so uh i let's see when was that that was around the
0: same time last year around this time i think so yeah,
1: yeah. i ended up um i ended up let's see that that headline i think that was in i want to say april or something like or something like that but yep. basically i ended up writing this song called faded um yep. and it ended up it ended up doing pretty well and it got into like the got into the hands of some major labels and from there i i i had um been in contact and had had a deal offer from Capital Records. Nice. And so that is that's what originally had brought me up to LA. When I got here it just like it felt like um it just wasn't the move for me. Not that it was um a bad idea or anything, you know, malicious on on their end. It just you know, it just didn't it it just wasn't right quite yet. Um I have such a great team and we've built so strong independently that I felt like I we I owed it to myself and all of us to just kind of keep building that leverage organically and independently yeah. and you know and just drive the leverage up. So that's exactly what I did. I kind of just hit the ground running right when I got here. I opened up a studio with um with with uh Billion Basie who do you know who Marky Basie is. No. He's like a popular um R&B artist um actually oh, from cool. the Bay Area like me. But um we got the studio open. We um I started writing for other artists, uh, uh, Sean Kingston, a couple other like electronic acts like uh battle Royale and things like that. And from there I started getting some placements on TV shows and stuff. So I, it was just kind of like the writing for the first part of, of here. I was just kind of utilizing, um, my songwriting to, to, you know, first of all, make some money. And second of all, just make some connections. So yeah, from there it was, um, uh, I started really, really focusing on, uh, we actually signed our first artist in March, uh, Rob Law. And then from there, we've just been building as a team. We've been traveling a lot, going to different places, different events, just kind of getting the word out. And I've been nonstop making new music. I've dropped, uh, I have dropped an album this year called Internet Friends and um, I've released probably over 20 records just this year. So I got another one coming this Friday. So that's where we're at.
0: That sounds awesome. Sounds like you're doing a bunch of different things. I know I've listened to a lot of your different songs and they're great. Have Thank you progressed you. the way you've wanted to in the last year? Um, yes. I know when I last spoke to you, I believe you said something like you are happy but not content. You were very energized. Are you happy with the progress you've made in the last year?
1: Yeah, I am. I am. Um, I think that's a, like an Italian thing or something. I don't know. I'm never really satisfied. I always. <laughs> it's a good way to be. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's a Boston thing. I don't know. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I definitely always want to keep the ball moving. Yeah. Um, I, I am happy, though. I, I do feel really accomplished as far as my art goes. Um, I think writing for other artists and, and like writing for other things that wasn't just personal, because writing was so personal to me for so long, I think that really opened up a floodgate of creativity for me to, to just kind of take it another way and be a little bit more um, like relatable in my writing, a little bit more uh, mainstream. So... Um, yeah, I'm really happy with the with the album "Internet Friends." Just just my songwriting on it and the way I came across on it, I feel like is was my most polished to date. And um, and all the songs that I've done since then, I just feel better and better about each song. I feel like I'm getting better and better. So that's the cool thing. I feel that I have not stopped growing, and that's really what excites me the most.
0: What is it like to write for other artists as compared to singing those songs yourself? Sometimes
1: really frustrating.
0: Um, but how so?
1: Just because. It's, it's, you're kind of opening up yourself to, um, to what people think, you know, right. it's, it's generally when you're just like rap, like writing raps or whatever, it's more of a thing where you just, you write from your heart, you write whatever you want, you put it out the way it is and nobody really questions it unless, until you kind of get to that position where someone's just like, Hmm were like opening this up to debate. Like, I don't like this word or I don't right. like this part. Or, I don't like this melody. And you're like, well, screw you. You know, like <laughs> it's a song. It's my song. I wrote it. So that first part of writing for people where they were picking apart the song, it was, it was tough. You definitely have to like leave your ego at the door, but it also is that challenge is important, you know, because you, you're now learning that you can break your project down and, and just like anything, you can dissect it and make it better. So, um, could be dangerous because you don't want to overthink but for me writing for other artists it's it's really helped me allow me to step into other people's shoes um you know and like I said be more relatable like tell
0: stories that aren't just mine you know Yeah, and as a writer myself, I can absolutely understand Mm -hmm. where you're coming from, where I've been a journalist over the past year for the Medford Transcript, and I have an editor, so everything I write gets scrutinized and edited, and it's only to make it better, but when other people are looking over your work, and you're not just writing for yourself, and you're not the only one singing the music, I can imagine there is a sense of lack of control or more scrutiny than you'd have in terms of just writing stuff for yourself and singing yourself. Definitely, you get it, exactly. And we talked before the podcast started out, um in the sports media journey you're in the music journey both entertainment fields so when i talked to you last you had mentioned you had some down days you had some good days but overall you felt energized if you had a down day you might take a a day off here and there to regroup have you still stuck with that approach have you still had some bad days and good days as you do through this journey or what has it been like for you mentally going through this process
1: yeah um i got back to that but to be honest i i I stopped with that with that for a while, and I, it, it really was draining because I felt like sometimes, and I feel like a lot of people can relate. But when you feel like you're on, like on the cusp, you feel that you're on almost that last leg of the of the race, and you yes. just got to just power through this. If I just power through this, I'll get to where I want, and then I'll and then I'll relax. And I felt like I have felt like that all year. And I think that when I got back from New York a couple of weeks ago, I was just I was just drained, and I was just like, you know what, dude, I I've got to. I've got to relax my mind. So, yeah, I got by, I restarted Sopranos and I just, I literally watched like four seasons and three. <laughs> and just like, I just felt re energized, shut my mind off for a little while and, and kind of just get some rest and get back to it. So, yeah, I think that's really important. But as of lately, I've, I've honestly, I've honestly just been wanting so badly to, to kind of get to that next level because I see it. And I, and I feel it and I smell it. And, and, you know, we're just, it's just kind of like all systems go right now. So it's, it's tough to get that time, but when I do, it's, it's definitely important.
0: And I can relate as well, because I think when you have the momentum and you may hear good things from certain people, you can feel where it is coming and it gives you that motivation to keep going and going. But as you said, it is important to take a step back and have an off day because if you go 24, seven, eventually you will burn Mm -hmm. out. have you felt burnt out at that point? Is that what you're talking about?
1: Exactly. When I got back from New York, um, it was just, it was just, yeah, I just felt like you know, I, my brain had, had stopped functioning. <laughs> so I, I was just, I had to, I had to just take a
0: break. So if people don't know, I knew mean, you grew up in Boston, you've been in San Diego. So now you moved to LA. Are you still currently living in LA? Yeah, I live in West Hollywood. And are you planning on staying there for a while? Do you have any plan in terms of, is that where you're going to stay?
1: Um, for now it, it just, um, for me, it makes, it makes the most sense right now. I'm I'm usually a person that goes off of instinct. Um, you know, half of my family's in Boston and half my, and my immediate family's in, in Oakland and Marin in NorCal, Northern California. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, I want to, at this point in my life, I, I wish I could be with family. I wish I could be, uh, even in San Diego because San Diego had become my home. I, I really feel comfortable there. I feel like that's like genuinely my favorite city, just how I feel when I'm there. Um, but opportunity it's just where I'm at right now we have to we have to compete with the industry and and this is where the industry lives so it's just in one year I feel that I've I don't feel like I've accomplished more but I feel like all the accomplishments that I that I had in in the past from like being in San Diego and all that stuff is now perfectly like all the all the perfect all the opportunities are perfectly aligned right now to to kind of showcase that you know what I'm saying
0: yeah and how do you like living in LA overall because we were both in San Diego from what I heard San Diego to LA is kind of like Boston to New York where it seems like everything's just amped up a little bit. Have you felt that? Have you been able to?
1: I have. Yeah, I have. I don't like it. I don't like it. No, I I don't really like it here. Um, It's it's not that I – I love the competition. Um, I love the history of this city. There's a lot of culture. I love that there's so many places that I haven't seen yet. Let me take that back. I like it. I just – there is this – it's no surprise there, but there is this superficial right. feeling here that I didn't get in the other cities that I grew up in. Um, and it's scary. It's a little nerve wracking sometimes to feel that someone has another agenda or feel like other people might think you have another agenda. So it just start. it's, it's, it's a little un, un um, uneasy. Some of the relationships that I, that I, that I feel out here. So just strictly on feeling, um, it's a city. It's a tough city. It's a tough city to live in, especially as an up-and-coming artist. Um, so, yeah, there, there's it's got its pros and cons. But, no, I really do enjoy
0: being here and, and competing. I really do. And it seems like what you're talking about in a nutshell is authenticity and realness. And I feel like that's a trait that is very important to you. You are a person, to me, that has always seemed very authentic. And for myself and people, I always look for that trait. And I always like people Thanks, who so. are authentic and real. In terms of superficial, is that what you're talking about in terms of LA? Does it seem like people are not always authentic and real all the time?
1: Well, yeah. And I, it's the thing is I don't blame them because here's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of artists with a big dream coming from all over the world to be near the industry, to try to meet someone who they can you right. know, impress or walk in the right door. And they, er, there's so many people here trying to look for that opportunity, right? Trying to step on that American Idol stage and be like, here's what I got, you know, and it's just, it's a very, it's a very short term, uh, goal. I feel like when you, when you kind of just come in here and just expect someone to, to listen to you or something. So I think it's really important to, to just build your own and then being here when you have foundation, I think is, is great. So yeah, that is what I mean. I'm, I, I meet a lot of people that want something. They always want something from, from you. Right. And it's not it's not people from Los Angeles. It's artists because they're so driven and what they and they are so they want so badly to win. They want so badly to succeed that they start to lose um, they start to lose themselves a little bit, and they'll do anything to get ahead. So there's a lot of cutthroat mentality. Uh, I don't love the industry. Uh, there's like this industry, um, like life that lives here in the nightlife that feels like very uh, exclusive. Like if you don't know this person, you don't really, you don't really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just miss, I miss the, the love and authenticity in San Diego and in the Bay and in Boston. That you're just like, if you if you're cool, you're like, hey, what's up, man? So that generally, I don't, I don't, I don't get that as much here because there's it's so cutthroat and people need to people meet other artists that are so like annoying that they kind of close the door to. To newcomers. They close the door to, to people that might have something nice to say or, you know, have a lot going for them. And I don't blame them because they're just, everyone's just kind of just got to protect their energy out here.
0: Have you felt pressured to act like someone else or write different types of music or be someone a little bit different than you are inside out here? Have you struggled with that at all? Or have you been yeah. easy to stay to your court?
1: Um, Definitely, I've had my challenges, uh, but only in image. I think only an image with whether, you know, like, thank God I haven't gotten a face tattoo yet. But but, uh, (laughs) as far as, you know, like bleaching my hair and and trying to find a new outfits that make sense to me and all these things, but they all come from a genuine place. They all come from a place of me just wanting to find myself aesthetically. You know, I just, I want to feel good. It's kind of like sports, you know, like the way I used to wear my uniform was, I, I felt good. I played good. Right. Right. So that's, literally how I feel if I'm, if I'm on screen and I'm not wearing an outfit that I, that I like, or, you know, I don't have a hair, a, a hairstyle that I think is tight. It's just, I, I don't like it. So there is, there is those superficial moments I have of, of, of worrying what I'm wearing, worrying about how I look. But I think that's just, um, I think that's just business because I want my business to thrive. I want my music to get out there and I get exposure. And I think it's important to focus on image. But other than that, nah, I, I definitely have, I felt the pressures to um, impress and find validation from the industry, whether it's A&Rs or labels. I've definitely had those moments. And every time I get to that place, I hate myself for it, but I always come back from it because I have a great team that keeps me focused. I got a great family that keeps me focused. And it's always like, it always comes back to the, we got this. Like, we've been doing this, we got this. You don't, don't worry about those people. Don't worry about those people that don't call you back. Don't worry about the, you know, whatever. So, yeah, there's definitely ups and
0: downs, man. I'm just a human, you know? <laughs> so is it your support system? Is there anything you do specifically that gets you back down to earth when you might be either stressed or feel like you're trying to impress someone? Is there something specific you do that helps you during those times?
1: Yeah, I have to be releasing music. Like I, I for me, it's it to my mental health. I, I need to be releasing content, whether it's a video, music. Whether it's a podcast, like whatever, if I as long as I have something out there floating and I'm and I'm working, but not just working, but like visually, I get to see it. Whether right. it's a post on Instagram or it's a post on YouTube or a, a new release on Spotify, whatever. Like I that that brings me back always because any time that I feel that I'm looking for that validation, it's always because I feel that I haven't done it, uh, something good in a while.
0: So another thing that stopped me from our interview last year is. When you said that you can't give yourself a deadline for being at a certain place in your career or accomplishing something. And to me, that really, it struck with me 100%. For example, I can't think that I need to get a job at a certain age or a job within three months because a lot of those things are out of your control. Yeah. What's been your mindset in that way of felt like you've given yourself strict deadlines and haven't gone to it and then been stressed about it? Or have you been able to mm. go at it with a natural pace and be okay with what happens?
1: Mm. Uh, both. Like, yes and no to that because uh, i i definitely have found the importance of a good plan
0: right and you need
1: goals obviously yeah a good rollout of a good rollout and i think sticking to i think having goals calling them goals instead of deadlines is helpful because right. basically i'll be like all right well in the month of october i'd really i'd like to put out two songs and two videos um so let's just make that happen right i i think if it gets to a point where where if we're struggling too much to do it and then it ends up turning into a uh, a race against the clock and then i'm just rushing through something that could be you know i should take my time on to make sure it's dope um i think i slow myself up there and i'll be like okay well i guess we're not putting the two songs uh, out in october it just didn't fall like that so you kind of i kind of um i'm kind of yes and no with that but i think it's really important to to keep you focused like to keep you driven to not To not be too too loose with it, especially as an an indie artist that is strictly independent. Like I'm strictly, we're strictly independent. We have we have our own label and our we. The only thing that we get help with is like administration and um, like our online distribution, right? So basically, every decision and everything that we we have is we have to make sure that things move. We don't have a machine behind us that's going to be like, hey, by the way, your song comes out Friday. Like we got to do everything. So because of that, and just hundreds of thousands of artists that, that relate to that you have to really make sure that you're trying to you're that you're keeping up with with the uh with today's market and that is oversaturated that has a lot of music dropping so it's it's difficult today to be an artist that is just taking your time and dropping something when you want you really got to go after it and punch punch them in the face with it because there's so much stuff coming out every day you know
0: Yeah, and there's so many different platforms. There's social media with Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and Spotify and SoundCloud. Right. Has your strategy changed at all in terms of marketing yourself over the past years? it changed at all with the, obviously, the increase of social media in the last few years has been huge. It seems like your Instagram following has increased from the last time I saw, but Mm -hmm. has your marketing strategy changed at all over the past year or two? No,
1: not really, to be honest. I think that um, organic build is key. Um, I think if, if anything's changed, it's been my, I'm just more focused and, uh, more selective in the things that I put out. And, um, I think that's because I'm slowly starting to figure out my brand. I'm slowly starting to figure out my music and my sound. So, you know, uh, before it used to just kind of be do anything and do that, put it out, whatever. And I think that maybe muddied me a little bit, maybe muddied the brand a little bit. So I think I'm still on that, on that, uh, run and gun. I'm a very much an, a, an offensive player in this thing like I I just want to score. I just want to just keep keep doing more. I, I can't like I can't sit too much on waiting to see when the right time is or if someone's going to like post my stuff or it's going to have more exposure. It's it's got to be for me like like I straight up for my mental health. I, I literally need to keep releasing uh consistently. So, whatever it may be whether it's songs, any of that I just yeah, I'm very much the same still like I I put out a lot of stuff
0: and in terms of your songs, it seems like you've created a variety of different songs over the past year. Are you trying to expand the type of music you create? As you said, you're trying to be more selective, it looks like. but in terms of the style or is there a certain something you're going for specifically?
1: Um, that's a good question. I, 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 um, you know I grew up do, doing a lot of rap turned to, into melodic rap. And eventually I, when I started writing for other artists, I started getting a lot more in the pop world. And from pop electronic to indie pop, it was just, like, much a, more of a mainstream of songs I was writing. So I think I've actually found a nice little happy medium between, um, you know, like, alternative hip-hop, pop stuff, R&B. So, um, you know, very much in the lane of, like, a John Bellion or a, uh, a, a you know, Mark Basie, um, even, like, a Black, uh, you know. So I, 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 do, I do kind of... A little bit of everything and I think that I'm slowly finding that my my genre that I'm comfortable in and I think that's in between that alternative that alternative world
0: and to bring it back to writing because I'm a writer it almost sounds like it's finding your voice in a way is that a good analogy for it
1: yeah yeah definitely it's the same absolutely it's um I mean in in the recording process is different from the performing process and the performing process is different from you know, the writing process, like all, all of them are are different art, are different parts of the art. So for me, finding my voice in the studio, how I, you know, how I come across on the microphone, how I come across uh, what kind of production I sound good over, what, what what notes I sound good over. Like there's things that I never paid a th- We just because you're learning, right? But as you start to pay a little bit more attention to what you sound good doing, you start kind of funneling into that, you know, so yeah, definitely finding my voice. It's, it's, it's a special thing.
0: All right. Well, wrapping it all up here. Yeah. I know legacy is very important to you. We talked about how you become an icon and as I said last year, you were happy, but not content. So going forward, what is your mindset? What are you thinking about in the next couple of months here?
1: I want to create a, uh, a long career in which I can be a self-sufficient artist run label and earn enough money to be able to make music for the rest of my life. That's that's all I want to do. I want to build my publishing side by writing songs and I want to build my solo career by just consistently putting out content and building my fan base and you know, I want to get to a point where I can put out a tweet and it's getting it's, it's it's I'm going, you know, to the point of I don't I don't need a label to put out get my exposure. I I want all of it in the palm of my hand and I'm going to keep working to to get there. So I don't want to be reliant on any, on any big companies until, you know, we want to do like a major sponsorship or something like that. So really focused on building our company, building our business, building um, and building my, my fan base organically and, and, and getting better and better with my art.
0: Well, Nikki, I wish you all the best. Is there anything you want people to know about? Thanks, anything coming up? I know you've got songs. You got illnicky.com. You got stuff on Instagram, yeah. YouTube. Anything in particular you want people to know about?
1: Yeah, I just kind of blacked out my Instagram. I just archived everything um and i'm starting fresh i have a new song coming out called fairfax and melrose on friday um that that'll be streaming everywhere on on friday at midnight eastern time nine o'clock western time um on thursday and um i've got new videos coming out and all that i've been working hand in hand a lot with united masters my friend caesar who, who does all the tech side at united masters um and they've been helping me to get more exposure within all those things like I was saying about NBA 2K, the video game, and, yes. and even the, the, the NBA. They're, they're, they're allowing artists like me to get our stuff heard and get uh, licensed by, by by those big companies, by the NBA, from highlight reels to actual like footage on ESPN. So, And then obviously on, on the video game on 2K. So um, I'm right there. I got my music in there. They're, they invited me over to their office in Dumbo in, uh, in, in New York and really treated me like, like a king. So I really love that company and I love to just keep aligning with them. My, my whole team is doing an amazing job with, with our label, with our indie label, The O Movement. We've got a tequila brand that we're, that we're invested in and we've got you know another artist that we represent. So we're, we're really just buckling down, learning the business and, and, and forging ahead. So that's, that's what we got.
0: Why did you decide to start Fresh for Instagram?
1: Uh, my head, my mind needed it. I just wanted to start fresh. I, I, I'm working with a company called Hypen Culture right now. There are a a couple of guys out here in LA guy Voss and this guy, Steve, they, they run this, uh, this creative agency and we thought it would be a great idea to team up with them and just kind of make everything cohesive to finish out the year. And, you know, the, from the brand to the music, they're going to help me kind of package everything up. So we've already begun doing that. So we have a couple new videos, a couple new visuals coming out that are going to really complement the new brand moving forward.
0: All right. Well, Nikki, thanks so much for joining me. Make sure to check you out on Twitter, Instagram, ill for the latest information, Spotify, YouTube for songs and videos. And thanks again so much for joining me. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Robbie. You're the man.
0: So I want to wrap up the podcast by briefly talking about a couple of topics. Number one, The Celtics, they started up last night with a loss to the Sixers, and I've said it before, but very briefly, I think the key to this team will be Gordon Hayward this season, and he had 25 points last night against the Sixers. Although they got the loss, I think that's a good sign. And if Gordon Hayward plays at an elite level and is back to his old self, And Brown and Tatum play well. And Kemba is the go-to guy. And Tyson Williams are solid big men. And Cantor looks good like he did last night. I see a lot of potential for this team. And besides the Sixers and Milwaukee, I think the Celtics should be the number three team in the East. I don't think that they will make a run for the finals. But if Hayward is healthy, that's a big four you got there. If Everyone plays up to their potential. But we're going to have to see. There's no guarantees, as we know, from last season. And it's all about how well they play as a team how efficient this team is because the efficiency last year as I ended the year on the podcast was just not good at all. So, efficiency is going to be one number to look at how well this team is working as a unit to see how they do in the regular season. But, I like the early sign from Hayward. I want to see a little bit better team chemistry with the group, but I like what I saw from Hayward in the first game of the year against the Sixers. Now, to the Patriots, it's been a couple of weeks since I've had a podcast and They easily beat the Redskins, and then they destroyed the Jets. And right now, as a Patriots fan, it is very boring watching these games. However, it's really the little things. And number one, the fact that Sam Darnold was mic'd up on Monday Night Football and we could hear him saying, I'm seeing ghosts, was pretty laugh-out-loud funny. And I think the only thing funnier than that in the game was when Belichick and Adam Gates were going back and forth on Belichick taking back-to-back penalties on purpose when the punter was inside the 30-35, and they wanted to push him back, and Gase denied the penalty, and Belichick grinned, and he was taking the time off the clock, and he said it's a loophole that you can still do if you take penalties and the time comes off the clock, and to see Belichick grin, like he's just messing around and knows the loophole in the role, respects that Gase denies it both times and does it again, was pretty funny. So two funny moments in the game. That's the only thing that's really interesting. Maybe besides kicking game, and Nugent's done a solid job. So good to see him making extra points. It's all he's here to really do is make extra points. And if he does that, he'll be fine. But beyond that in the game, it was embarrassing to watch the Jets play. It really was. Darnold looked absolutely terrible. Gase looked brutal as a Coach, the Patriots just basically blitzed them played played man to man with no safety help, and the Jets didn't seem to adjust all game. And Darnold was thrown off his back foot. Everyone's been talking about it. He looked brutal. And it was just another easy game for the Pats. So they played the Browns this Sunday. Again, I think the Pats will have another easy win. And they will have some tougher games coming up here, but it's just a joke. And I think 16 0, 19 0, is absolutely on the table. Now, to end the podcast very briefly, On my last podcast episode, I had Steve Peralta on, and we talked about a variety of things. And one of the things we talked about was Kirk Minahan because he had Kirk Minahan on his podcast, The Second Ten Podcast, the day before I interviewed Steve. And Steve talked about Kirk a little bit, how he said you can't always hit a home run with the guests you have, and he'd rather have a baseball player. And the Kirk Minahan show producer, Steve Robinson, picked up the audio from my podcast and played it on his show. And they talked about what Steve said on my podcast about Kirk for around 20 minutes. And I was scrolling through Barstool, the Barstool website, on a random Friday, interviewed Steve on Wednesday. And I saw the title of the blog for the Kirk Minahan Show podcast on Friday late afternoon, something about how Kirk Minahan is raging war against Carabas for the Section 10 producers backstabbing comments after they were discovered in some unheard of podcast. <laughs> and they used the, they showed the clips on the podcast of this podcast saying some unheard of podcast from Wicked Local, some random kid, some random guy. I think they referenced as the Worcester Journal many times, Kirk thought his mass live. It is for the Medford transcripts. My name's Roy McKittrick, and it's beneath the stats for anyone interested. But it was very wild to see that out of the blue. I didn't expect to see that. It's wild for people to talk about my podcast out of nowhere. Just going on the Barstool site, seeing Steve quoted from my podcast with something else. So that was pretty cool. Always good to get picked up from another site like Barstool. I reached out to those guys to try to get them on. Haven't heard back yet. But if they hear this, I would love to talk to them at any point. Love to have them come on the podcast. Always welcomed. Kirk, always a very interesting guy. He loves the drama. He loves the feud. He loves Picking apart what other people talk about him and other podcasts. They did all the time. The old show, they did it on this one. And I'd love to talk to him. So the invitation is out there for Kirk to come on. I'd love to interview him. But that was just kind of a wild moment to see a clip from my podcast create some drama on the Kirk Minahan show. And then Peralta was on his next episode interviewed by Kirk. So that was just a wild thing that happened. Thanks everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to check out my other episodes on the Wicked Local North of Boston website or on my social media accounts. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Robbie McKittrick for the latest podcast information. And if you're interested with that interview with Steve Peralt, make sure to check it out, whether it's on my social media or on my blog, blogspot.com Thanks so much for listening.